Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. And we have a really special guest today. And I'm just going to, well, we have Sydney Williams here, but I'm going to, she has such a great bio that I'm going to read through it. Okay. Okay. Hi, Sydney. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) All right. When former collegiate athlete and competitive skydiver, what? Wow. Okay. Let me continue. Sydney Williams unexpectedly found herself on the other end of a type two diabetes diagnosis and grappling with unresolved trauma from a decades old sexual assault. She set out on a mission, turn her pain into power. Two hikes across Catalina Island and 80 miles later, she founded Hiking My Feelings to help others tap into the mind-body connection and healing power of nature that helped kick her self-limiting beliefs and disease into remission. With more than 10 years of marketing experience with Fortune 500 companies and emerging brands, she serves up her truth juice. Oh, that's good. I like that. Storytelling to break open tough conversations with practical and powerful content and experiences. Over the years, she's been featured on the South by Southwest stage, as well as in Huffington Post, Psychology Today, U.S. News and World Report, and numerous other publications. Today, she travels across the country, empowering others to summit their personal mountains on their way to becoming well-beings. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's just mic drop, but not that one. That's not this one. I've heard that this mic is pretty dope, so I'll keep it in my hand. (laughs) Just a figurative mic drop there. (laughs) Beautiful. So we are really excited to have you here. And let's just start from the beginning. So how did this all come about? Well, um, I, ooh, where did this all start? Let's start with the first hike. So in 2016, I was working at a marketing agency and I was crushing it and loving life. Um, We were actually going to go out to Standing Rock um, when they were doing all the water pipeline protests. Mm -hmm. And the tribe was like, hey, we've got too many people on the land. It's starting to tax the resources. Like, if you aren't here already, don't come. So a couple of Google searches later, we found the Trans-Catalina Trail, which is a 38.5 mile trail that goes across Catalina Island right off the coast of L.A. Mm -hmm. And I have never been backpacking before ever in my life. Wow. So you just jumped right in. Jumped right into the backpacking. We had done some day hikes here and there um, since we moved to Southern California, but I had never been backpacking before. And I found myself at REI, as any good backpacker does, picking up all the gear. (laughs) And in that moment in the dressing room, when I was trying on clothes, I was like looking at myself and I saw a body and a woman that I didn't recognize. Um, I had suffered, not suffered, I had survived the two of the hardest years of my life leading up to that hike. And in that moment, I was the heaviest I had ever been. I was deeply out of touch with my body. And I looked at myself and, and Melanie, I don't know if you can relate. Maybe you can too, Kaleo. Um, shopping, normally, I'm like a little bit nitpicky. Like, oh, like if your butt was smaller, these pants would fit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that moment, I didn't do that for like the first time in my life. I was just in this dressing room and I looked at myself and I was like, girl, how did we get here? Like what is happening? And in this moment and forever moving forward, what would be possible if we decided to honor our inner athlete instead of like beating yourself into skinny submission? Because I had tried every weight loss combination on the planet and had always struggled with my weight. And that was like 70 pounds ago now. So the first hike was brutal. It was, I mean, I was the heaviest I'd ever been. Um, the, The two years leading up to that hike, 
I'll just rattle off a couple of the things that happened to kind of like set the stage for the transformation. Um, at the beginning of 2014, my friend Chris, who was a high intelligence military officer, committed suicide. Um, as you know, one in 22 veterans do that every day in this country. Um, my uncle, who had previously beaten brain cancer, had it come back. And so that took his life um, later that year. My best friend Adam went to Idaho for a base jumping trip to go jump off cliffs and stuff. And he died on a base jump. And at the time, as you mentioned in my bio, um, I was a competitive skydiver and I had to choose between going to the U.S. Nationals competition or going to my best friend's funeral. I only had enough money for one. Um, So I chose to go to his funeral. And when I got back from his funeral, I found out that my boss, who was also my skydiving coach, my mentor in the sport, like he he was the reason we moved out to Southern California so I could train with him. Um, I found out that he was convicted of raping his 14 year old niece. Oh, geez. Yeah. So at the end of 2014, I quit the sport. I quit my job, which was like my dream job. I was doing events and marketing at that skydiving center where I was a sponsored athlete in training. And I was just like, I don't know what's next, but not this. (laughs) That is a theme that comes up again later. (laughs) Um, And so in 2015, like I, I hosted my own events, got out of the sport. Barry lost his job. My husband lost his job and his dream. Um, so 2015 was just kind of a, another round of like shit show punches to the face. And then at 20, at the end of that year, I started working at the agency again. And then 2016, we found ourselves on the trail. So all of that eating and drinking my feelings, just like I was the biggest I'd ever been. So that first hike was just brutal. And have you guys spent any time at Catalina Island? Once. Really they, they quickly and for a show, yeah. but we got to hang out the next day. Yeah. But nothing, um, not quite yet experienced the magic of Catalina. Yeah. Um, like you guys have by getting into the nature of that island. Yeah. But the yeah. people, the people themselves were absolutely wonderful and warm and very reminiscent of where M- Melanie and I are from. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, the, the island itself is absolutely stunning. Um, so the hike was the hardest thing I've ever done physically in my life. I couldn't walk right for like two or three weeks afterwards. Like I was just like messed yeah. up. Um, so it was like this di- this like split of the most beautiful thing I've ever done and the hardest physical thing I've ever done. And so we got off the trail. Uh, was, how many miles on that one? Um, on that one, we did 25. We got towards oh we got to the end at two harbors. Okay. And then the rest of the trail was washed out because of the rain. So we didn't get to complete the whole trail the first time. But 25 miles is a, not a joke of a hike. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. And did that was spread out over a few pack? days. Did you weigh your pack? Do you know how much you were carrying? I think we were carrying probably around like 30 pounds on that first one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So on that one, like, because when you're backpacking across the island, it can take, some people do it in like two or three days because they just want to get it done. Um, We like to take the lazy route and have a couple extra days off here and there Mm -hmm. um, so we can really experience the island and give our bodies a chance to recuperate too. Because I mean, it's, it's tough hiking out there for sure. Nothing about that sounds lazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. For sure. Yeah. In comparison, I guess. Yeah. All right. So that was your first. Yeah. So that was the first one. And then. Um, so that was December, 2016 In September, 2017, I was like, what are the words here? Um, September, 2017, I was diagnosed with type two diabetes. So I was driving to the airport. I was getting ready to pick up a friend. Um, we had been like paddleboarding all summer and I had gone out for a really long paddleboarding session with Barry. It was like several hours, really hot. And like for the three weeks after that, I just didn't feel right. Like my guts were kind of weird. And so I woke up in the middle of September and I was like, 
on the toilet and it felt like somebody had taken a corset and like shoved it through my belly button and then like oh. cinched it around my guts and was like tightening it down like as if my intestines needed to fit into like a Victorian style dress or something. Wow. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, so I went to the hospital, we did tests and three days later I get this call and they're like, you know, this is Dr. So-and-so from so-and-so's office. Uh, you have type two diabetes. And now type two is, if I'm not mistaken, this is the adult onset where you're insulin resistant. Yeah. So yes. So type one is more of an autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's generally like, those are the folks that for the most part, and there are type two people who are insulin dependent as well, where they just don't produce enough. So they have to take Mm -hmm. insulin, but type one, generally those are the folks that are taking insulin like shots or they have like a continuous monitor. Um, type two is very much like it's genetic. You can be genetically predisposed to it, but it's largely tied to lifestyle. Mm. so um after eating and drinking my feelings and struggling well you were going (laughs) you were going through like these incredible i mean the list of things that you went through in such a short amount of time yeah i mean there's there's that that stress alone is just it's so heavy so yeah so I i know that you are a huge believer in the mind body connection do you think that having um a suppressed trauma that you you had you say in your body you know you had a a a sexual assault many years ago. Do you think that any of that plays into our bodies coming down with a, a sort of disease? Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And on the second trip, so diagnosed in September, 2017, mm-hmm. um, I left. So when you get diagnosed with diabetes, you learn that there's four things that affect your blood sugar, medication, stress, the food you eat and how you move your body. Mm-hmm. So the first three, I took to it right away. They were like, clean up your diet. I was like, okay, cool. I'll stop eating like a 12 year old boy. Fine. <laughs> um, move your body. So there was like this Canyon Hill up by our old house that I would walk every day. It was like 45 minutes to get to the Canyon up and down the hill and back. So I was walking like 30, 45 minutes every day, took my medications as prescribed and my blood sugar, like I was seeing physical results, like my physical body was responding, but my blood sugar was still elevated. So I was like, okay, I really got to take a look at my stress. Mm-hmm. And when I was diagnosed, I was leading email marketing for NBC and I got diagnosed the week of fall premieres. So like the most stressful time in my career to date. Mm-hmm. Timing is just so <laughs> crucial in this whole story right now. Yeah. Go on. So, <laughs> so we go and um, I'm like, my blood sugar still elevated. I really got to look at my stress. And so I asked, like I started advocating for myself better at work. I was like, if I could shift assignments or like work less hours or just like maybe, I don't know, establish some boundaries for myself because I'm a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't work. My blood sugar was still elevated. And on the side, I had been helping my friend um, get her startup up and running with her branding and her marketing. And I had the opportunity to join her team full time at the beginning of last year in 2018. So I took it and I was like, okay, I'm leaving a super stressful agency career for a startup. And in my mind, like, I know what startup life is like. I've seen enough TV shows. I have enough friends who have them. I know that it's not a stress-less situation. But her brand that we were building was all about women's empowerment and healthy living. And, like, it's an all-natural beauty brand. And so I was like, if I can work on something where I actually give a shit about what I'm promoting, maybe that would reduce my stress. That didn't work. I started having panic attacks every day. Um, I was at the risk, like my blood sugar had been like lowering, but then it started like sliding back up just because of the stress. Like I would wake up and I'd check it and I'd be like, I know my blood sugar is going to be high this morning because I feel anxious like the second that I wake up. Mm. And so in 
on May 15th of last year, I quit that job without a backup plan. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's not this. Um, no real savings to speak of. So like the important part, I, a really important part of the story is like, I'm not a trust fund kid. I didn't have a ton of money sitting around. Like I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And in that moment, like I chose my health over everything else. That's beautiful. Which wow. is number That's one, scary. no matter what. Number yeah. One. It's number yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I had started there in February I was only on that job for 95 days also like not a real proud moment for me because I was like I'm letting her down I'm letting the team down I'm letting myself down because I had like I was chief marketing officer I was like on the road to success we were doing a our first round of venture capital fundraising like I was I had dreams of being a millionaire within like 90 days if we raised that money and I was just like I, I I can't even wait to see if I can do this you know like it it got to the point where I was just like enough's enough and so before I had quit, we had booked a second trip on the TCT because I learned on that first trip on the Trans-Catalina Trail that I love my body, even when it was the biggest it had ever been. And I hadn't, I couldn't even recognize it. And I can do hard things because I just walked across an entire island. Excellent yeah. awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that moment, I was just like, okay, um, let's book another trip on the Trans-Catalina Trail. This is when I still had that job. And I was like, I want to do this for my 33rd birthday because I know that I can do hard things. I know I love my body and I know that this trail has the potential to change my life. And if I'm still in this position, maybe it'll give me clarity on how I can do this and have that balance. And if I'm not, then it's a great <laughs> break in the United States, a great break if I'm gone by then. Um, so I, I had gone. So we were doing two training hikes or two weeks of training hikes between when I left and when we got on the Trans-Catalina Trail for the second time. And it was in those hikes where I realized, oh, I had been eating and drinking my feelings through all of the stress throughout, like in times of celebration, in times of needing soothing and comfort. I was looking for the answers at Ben and Jerry's Pints. I was looking for answers at the bottom of a wine bottle. And diabetes took that away. So I knew going into the second hike, at that point in time, I had lost 60 pounds since I did the first one. Like the way, like I, when I say I went to manage my diabetes aggressively, I was not kidding. Like I would, I, there were, this was priority number one above all else was my health for the first time in my life. And I knew that it wouldn't be as hard physically. Like, yes, it's still going to be difficult. You're walking across an entire Island. There is a challenge there, but 60 pounds lighter. What is possible if the hike itself isn't the hard part? Mm. Like what kind of, what can this trail offer me in this moment where I have nothing in my way, no job to return to a spouse who loves me like there's no there's no traumatic shit going on anymore I've cut everything at this point that I thought of toxic out of my life and I was just ready to go and the second trip was where I realized that yes that sexual assault that I survived 12 years ago was the entire reason that I was processing the way I was processing that my mm-hmm. body was retaining weight the way it was retaining it because my body took over when I ref- I didn't get help like I didn't tell anybody about the assault for 11 years My husband was the first person I felt comfortable sharing it with. And we had been married for five and together for seven years at the time. Wow. So like if I'm here with a mission, the mission is like a supportive partner is literally saved my life. Prioritizing (laughs) my health. Barry's here. Hi, Barry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Prioritizing my health saved my life. Like making these unpopular and it's an unpopular decision to like leave a great salary and great benefits to join a startup where you take a 50% pay cut and you have jack shit for benefits. That was an unpopular decision in my family. Like Barry, my husband was like, go get it. That sounds great. 
my family was not stoked about it like my immediate family and it's not popular to leave your best friend in the lurch when you need to put your health on like as priority number one so it was the hardest most difficult yet the easiest and most authentic decision I've ever made for myself in my entire life was quitting that job and getting on that trail the second time Wow. So who was with you the second time on the trail? My husband. Okay. So it was just the two of you or did you have? Just the two of us. Wow. Yeah. And so how long did that take, this second one? We did the same itinerary. So we did one, two, three, five days, Mm -hmm. five or six days to get across the island with the day off in, in the middle. And while you were doing the second hike, were you processing and letting go of this deep stuff that you were carrying around? Or when did you have a cathartic experience or a moment where you realized this is exactly what I want to do? Yeah. So it's interesting. Like when I was in it, I didn't like I didn't go in there with a plan. Like I I was sobbing in my journal the night before we left. And I was like, I just surrendered like full fucking surrender. I was like, if there's anything left in this world that like I need to learn or that I need to release or like whatever, like show me what the fuck is in my way because like I'm ready for whatever, like what, why I'm here. I don't know what it is yet, but like a, if you want to feel like, like if you want to show me what it is, that'd be super dope. And B like, if there's stuff that I need to work through to get there, show me that too. Like I'm ready, but I didn't have like a process and plan or anything. Like I was just like, I'm just going to go hike. Just open. Yeah just Mm -hmm. wide open and I journaled every night after we got off done hiking and so like looking back I was able to connect the dots on what was happening and there was a process that I went through because as I started skydiving in 2010 I started learning like ways to calm my mind and how to be mindful and like how to when we would get done with a training jump we would debrief the jump and it was very important that we said three positive things first, even if the jump sucked, like your three positive things could be like, I was breathing, I didn't die and my parachute opened, like victory, right? I mean, all of those are victorious if I'm ever right. going to jump out of a plane, exactly. actually. <laughs> but like when you get to competing, then you get really nitpicky about like your body position and how you're moving through the air. Mm-hmm. So it was really important to start with positivity first. And then we would say, you know, like three things I could improve on and how. And if I didn't know how, because I was a new skydiver, I naturally wouldn't know the answers to all the questions. It was just important to get in the mindset of being willing to ask. Like, how can I fix this? Like, if I don't know, at least be mindful, like, oh, I don't know. Well, coach, how can I do that? Turns out your coach is a rapist. It kind of throws the plan off a little bit. But, you know, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And so how long did, okay, just side note, how long did you know this guy for? Um, I I met him in 2011 and I worked with him and trained with him until the end of 2014 when I found out. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And and the and it for anybody who's in like any kind of longevity kind of situation, career, relationships, whatever, you're like three years, no big deal. Three years jumping out of planes, doing hundreds of jumps with this person who who you like signs your paychecks. Yeah. Signs jumping, your paychecks, yeah. keeps you safe, keeps an eye on conditions. Like it, it was a brutal yeah. awakening with that one. But right. um Yeah. So So after this second hike. After the second, well, so the one moment on that hike, like if there was a moment, because there was, so there wasn't a process. Like I have, when I give my talk on tour, there's three distinct pictures where it's like this, in this moment, I felt comfortable in my skin for the first time. In this moment, I stood in my power for the first time. In this moment, I was like, when the fuck did I feel this good last time? Because it was after the, one of the hardest climbs on that island, I got to the summit of that particular peak and I was like, my whole body was vibrating. And I was like, I've, this feels familiar, but it's different. Like when was the last time I felt this good, this supported, this comfortable in my skin, this healthy, like 
when and i'm just like seeking and so what goes up must come down so the trek down from that summit is also very difficult and pretty technical you need to watch your step and like the universe stopped me dead in my tracks like i'm watching my step and my foot starts to slip and i dig in my trekking poles into this like loose gravel like so i don't take out barry because barry's ahead of me (laughs) and i'm just like oh my god the last time i felt this good this supported this healthy this comfortable in my body was right before i was raped 12 years ago wow and in that moment i was like i didn't feel sad i wasn't scared i felt free because i had an answer (laughs) you You, know you let it you let it can't you would let it rise to the surface so you identified it and really understood what that was yeah yeah and that is pure that is a lot of power in you know the body the body just bringing it up yes yeah Mm -hmm. Wow. And doing the work to get there too, because like I've tried everything. Like I, I wanted, like I, I secretly, I probably, like I knew I was raped. Like I knew that that happened, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know what not talking about it would do to my body. I didn't know what not talking about it would do to my brain. Like Mm -hmm. I, I failed chemistry the semester after it happened. I was in college when this all went down and I failed chemistry 101. And I was like, I was on track to go to, like my plan was go to med school get a residency, become a surgeon, save lives. I failed Chem 101 and I thought it was because I was stupid. Wow. I changed my entire career path because I failed Chemistry 101 because my body was flailing with this trauma that I had not addressed. And so I, well, I'm glad I'm not a doctor right now. Like I'd much rather be sitting here with you guys on a Wednesday than like, you know, in surgery, looking back, I changed my entire life because I wasn't willing to face it or talk about it. Mm. And like when I th- when I made when I made those connections, when I connected those dots, I was like, how many other people have done this? Like how many other people have unresolved trauma and their whole life is a tornado because they have stuffed it so far down that they don't even know where it is or how to access it. And for me, it took hiking 80 miles across an island to get it to come up and out of my body so I could understand it. Yeah. Wow. I would believe that the percentage of human beings that do that is very high oh god yeah no matter what the severity of the situation it's always perspective so someone may have gone through something nowhere near as traumatic as you however it is just as traumatic in their point of view oh hell yeah because it's not a competition uh, by any stretch right right but i mean it's so common for us to well first of all it's just like it's a big deal to to not understand what it is to you quite yet before you can share it with anyone else well and let's look at this physiologically you could be walking across the street and all of a sudden somebody almost hits you and your body has this physiological response and you're terrified but it's gone you're safe you still hold on to all that shit you're holding on and let's just say you know you talk about it you tell your your spouse when you go home and you like Mm -hmm. wow yesterday that was really scary but your body holds on imagine something like you experienced that was so terrifying and you then you don't want to think about it yeah. right so you're suppressing it right you don't go home and tell everybody about it that is that's where these deep deep things come from and, and so when it came out did you find um did you seek counseling or 
how did you process it on your own? Was I it hiked just some more. Hike, yeah. Excellent. Yes. Well, and I mean, and it's just like journaling. And for me, it's telling the story. It's mm-hmm. going on this tour. It's talking about what I went through. It's explaining because now that I have, now that I've been out of it, not out of it, I've been all the way in it, honestly. But like now that there's enough time has passed, I because everybody on the first leg of the tour was like, so what was your process? And I was like, I didn't have a process, and I felt like. I was like, oh, why did people just really want to know, like, what are the steps to do this? And I was like, I don't think I did that. And then I was like, oh, like I'm rereading my talk and I'm like understanding the context of the stories I'm telling. And I'm like, oh, I did go through a process. And so now I've got I've gotten to the point where like I feel healed every time I tell this story. I feel healed every time I hear somebody else say, oh, my God, me too. Like I'm a survivor, whatever. Like that feels great. And I know that like. There is a process. I've gotten to the point where I can distill it and now I can help people go through it. And that's mm-hmm. what this year is all about. So awesome. Yeah. And that to me is the the coolest and bravest thing people can do for each other. Because when you do figure out something like you did and you're able to share it, someone that hasn't figured it out can listen and then they can go, oh, that breath felt really good. I'm really happy I'm not the only person that's going through this. This is giving me hope. It's giving me uh, ambition to improve. And that kind of love and that kind of that kind of work goes really, really far into the, the realm of the concept of we are all one. And that information is just like, oh my God, okay, I'm not going through this alone. Things can be okay. Things will be fantastic. And that, that, that's the kind of work that I'm so interested in in my time of life now. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So currently with all this that you're doing with all of the hiking, you are now, are you sponsored by REI? Is that what they I, do? They I wish them? I was sponsored by REI. <laughs> they have graciously <laughs> given me a room to speak in and that's mm. like the extent of it. But yeah, they, um, the tour is with it. Currently it's at REI stores and then wherever else I can host workshops and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause I'm looking at your tour schedule right now and it is extensive. Yeah, it's so pretty fun. So let's talk about that. So you have group hikes and you also have your your speaking tours. Mm-hmm. So yeah, tell us all about what's going on. Yeah, so we did, um, the opportunity came because I'm super enthusiastic and a little bit stalkerish. And <laughs> I sent the Catalina Island Conservancy a message on Instagram after we got off the trail the second time. And I was like, hey, I love your trail. And I'm noticing like you don't have trail ambassadors. You don't even have a trail association. Like any way I can be involved in like getting the word out about the healing that is possible on this island, I am in. And so they introduced me to the head of outdoor programming for REI in Southern California. So the first tour was in October. We did three dates. It was awesome. We moved into a van full time in November because we're like, we are committing to this. Like we didn't even have anything else like really lined up, but we were like, this is our life now. So we did another tour in January. And then today is the first day of our tour that is going around the whole country and not just Southern California. I love it. Today's day one. Today is day one. Oh, this is is the best. I know. And like I was, it's funny because we try, like we had this conversation back in September at your pepper wine release party. Yes. And I was like, the timing's like whenever this podcast happens, the timing's gonna be right. The timing's gonna be right. And I'm so glad that it didn't happen back then. Legit though, because I didn't have all the awareness that I have now about my process. I didn't have this wow. additional dates booked. Like everything works out the way it's supposed to. And this project that we're doing, this tour is like, I 
I have been marketing and planning launches and doing stuff for over 10 years. I couldn't have planned this. Like I am a passenger on a ride and I'm not driving it. Like this is some like next level spiritual guided shit right now. Like I, there, I can't even explain it. It's so dope. (laughs) So take us through one of your days on tour. So, um, when we roll into town on a Friday, like this next, so Friday this week, we're going to be at the Tustin REI and, um, I speak from seven to eight 30. So I roll in there, get my projection all set up. And then I share the story of the two hikes and people ask questions. We give them a tour of the van we go park wherever we're going to park and go to sleep. And then we wake up and we take people on a hike the next morning. And if folks are interested in talking about stuff that they've been through, like it's a continuation of the conversation. Selfishly, like I don't get enough time during Q&A because the store has to close. Like they're sweeping up and like hanging up jackets and stuff. So the hiking <laughs> is a way for me to like extend the conversation and be able to get to know these people that come and sit here because like, at every single one of these stops, we've done six so far, it progressively gets more magical, mm-hmm. like the energy in the room, mm-hmm. people are feeling comfortable sharing, like... You're becoming more comfortable with these discussions. Yes. You're moving through, uh, so you're just, it's just like basically how I know touring. You know, when we were touring in a van, it's like, yeah, you show up, you do the show, you show up, you do the show, yeah. and you just spread as much joy as you possibly can, and then you ultimately just feel more relaxed and it becomes more ease and more flow. This is really exciting stuff, you guys. (laughs) This is really amazing. And I'm so happy that you're hitting it at a grassroots level and the integrity behind that, because everything we've ever done has been on grassroots level. And I really understand. It's like, oh, this is something that you're so passionate and you truly believe in. That is a key ingredient for getting people really excited and interested to share what you are bringing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many people usually come on these hikes with you so that you do have this this one-on-one time or you do have this Q&A? Yeah, so it's been it's been a mix. Like the the first tour we had like a handful of regulars because it was all Southern California and we actually created like a training series around San Diego and then around LA. So we got a bunch of regulars and it was probably like three, four, five people. Um, our biggest hike that we did on the last tour was for Black Friday. Um, and we had like, I think seven or eight people. So it's smaller than some of these, like there's a bunch of hiking organizations like all over the country and you can do like little group hikes, like what we're doing, or you can hike with like 30 people, which that would be overwhelming for me, I think. Um, but like next week we're doing a hike with an organization called we hike to heal. And it's a whole like month long thing about women's empowerment and like mindful movement and being outside, um, for women's history month. It's like the culmination of their program. And we've got like 25 people signed up. And for that one, I'm so stoked because everybody that's coming to that one is coming because of mindful movement. They're not just coming because they found a hike online and they're like, I want to do this. Like they they know what they're getting into and they're here for it. And I am floored to go hike with those folks next week. Yeah. So explain in your words what mindful movement is. Mindful movement out there. Mindful movement for me is like, for me, it's hiking. It's a walking meditation. Like I, I thoroughly enjoy yoga. I also really love being outside. And for me, like hiking is my yoga. I mean, yoga is my yoga too, but hiking is mindful movement for me is just being open to a, your environment around you and b everything that comes up Mm -hmm. for me, I have to, so one of the things that I talk about in one of the workshops that I do is like our limiting beliefs and how do we overcome those? What are they? How do we reframe them? A lot of people sitting in a room who aren't like 
in the growth space and like aren't really in tune with themselves or super self-aware have a hard time identifying those things. And so for me, physical activity, extremely physical activity is what gets those things to come up for me. Because when I come up against a physical challenge, there's a little voice inside my brain that's like, you can't do that. And then I can identify, okay, well, like, who would say that? Because I wouldn't say that to myself. I talk to myself like a queen. I am a goddess. And I would never say that I couldn't do that. But there's a voice in the back of my head that does. So I always recommend for folks, like, if you don't know what is hard for you or, like, what your limiting beliefs are, if you don't even know what's holding you back, go try something hard that's physical and listen to the voice that comes up when it gets really difficult. And you're like, I can't do this. I got to quit. Where does that come from and why? Because that, to me, is how you get the most mindful in your movement is when you're up against like your own soundtrack that's telling you that you can't and you're like bitch please i can (laughs) exactly your limited beliefs that was the best way to say it and this mindful meditation that you do during movement i love that in Mm -hmm. fact i will definitely bring more of that into all the things that that i i love to practice on a physical level and you're right i love i love how that's mental the emotional the physical it's all not separate. It's all in alignment. And, you know, bringing this, bringing these hikes that brought a trauma that was buried deep down inside mentally and physically, mm-hmm. and you identifying it through that really incredible hard hike. I mean, these are all things that are like, oh, yes, okay, yeah, it isn't all separate. This is all together. And each one of those, mind, soul, body, have a direct effect on the health of each one of the other. I like that. Well, I think the the coolest thing from that second hike was like, yes, I identified that a lot of my physical and emotional trauma was tied to that sexual assault. The other thing that I realized is when I got to that last campground after I made that realization, on the way down after I was like, oh my God, this is all tied to the assault. I told Barry, I was like, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to take off all my clothes. Like I'm going to get butt naked and walk into the ocean and I want you to take pictures of it because I've never been so confident in my body and I want photographic proof that I love my body and that I'm giving myself this gift. And I was like, will you be my cameraman? He was like, well, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice job, Barry. Good job. And then when I got down there, I like, so I do like my little rebirth ceremony and like I take off all my clothes and I walk to the water and there's not like I take out my contacts. I take off my rings, my hair bands. Like I am all the way naked. There's nothing on my body that's not mine. And so I go and I like dip myself under the water. Then I pop back up and I was like, oh, holy shit. I've been hiking my feelings, yes. In this moment, in this water, in this ocean, I'm reclaiming my body from the person who assaulted it. And more than that, I realize that I've been through hiking life, through hiking is going from like a point to a point. I've been backpacking through life with this invisible backpack full of my drama. Like every time, so I talk about those three pictures where it's like, I feel great in my skin, I'm standing in my power for the first time, oh holy shit, when did I last feel this good? At each one of those steps, it's like I had taken out like, all of the friends that I lost, like I mentioned, I lost three people in 2014, but yes. while I was skydiving, I lost more than 15 friends. That's when I stopped counting. So in four years, Whoa. 15 plus of my friends died. On that first part of the hike, I was like, I was honoring their memory. I was like, where, like, how can I keep their memory alive? What did they, these people mean to me? And just really facing that. And underneath that was my ability to feel comfortable in my skin. On the next section of stuff where I was like reclaiming my shine and I got to the top and I felt like, absolutely brilliant and 
powerful and standing in my power for the first time, I was able to do that because all the way up that mountain, I was hype manning myself like Flava Flav, telling myself like, you don't need to straighten your hair, girl, wear your hair natural. It looks great. Like people would pay good money to have curly hair like that. And just like really hyping myself up. So each time that I took out like this traumatic shit out of my backpack, I was able to get like replace it with positivity and healing and then also get down to the one that was like all the way down at the bottom of the bag, which was a sexual assault. Wow. So it's like the process is unpacking this trauma pack and replacing all of the shit. And like PS, all the stuff in that backpack, most of it's not even mine. Like we internalize so much shit from other people, right. from our parents, from colleagues, from coaches, from bosses, managers, whatever. From road rage. From road rage. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like there's so much trauma in these backpacks that I, I truly believe we all have on. And in the moment when I realized that I could take the backpack off, <laughs> I felt so much wow. lighter, like yeah. so much lighter. And it was absolutely life-changing. Understanding that A, not all of this is mine and I can give it back or put it away and forgive the people who, unbeknownst to me, put their stuff in my backpack. And also I can face my own shit and be like, okay, well, if you don't want to carry this around, let's face it and then let's find some like let's find some good stuff let's find some good people some good energy good music and like just fill this thing up with like all the good shit and get all the bad stuff out of there hiking hiking is sick analogy for all of life right (laughs) one foot in front of the other it's all you can do because like we're walking across an island you can't stop in the middle I mean, you can and you'll get rescued and all that shit. But like, it's very much, <laughs> yeah, but, who wants to but it's very much like life. Like Barry would be like, girl, what, right foot, left foot. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You got I this. It. I love you. I'm proud of you. Right Aww. foot, left foot. One foot in front of the other. Like every time when I struggled and you asked if I had cathartic moments, girl, I cried on that trail. Yeah. I left everything I had on Catalina Island. And I'm so thankful for that experience. Wow. Amazing. I love Your grandmother, this. babe, always used to say, who are you carrying those bricks for anyway? All the Ooh. time. You were like weighted down with stuff. Yep. Love that. Who are you carrying those bricks for? And that, I just visualize that, like taking one out of the pack at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting rid of it. If it's not mine, it's someone else's. And yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I have to tell you, I'm looking up your tour dates here and it's like a pepper tour like, <laughs> just everywhere so i'm seeing one day off the a week speaking and hike, hiking tour there's like 18 dates and then also the group hikes and there's another i don't know 10 15 dates um what are the group hikes about is that the same thing so we have the, the, we have the group hikes that are part of the speaking tour and that's like the continuation of that conversation mm-hmm. and then we're doing a hike before the red rock show in mm-hmm. um on 420 Mm -hmm. so we have a hike on the 19th and that's like we like to hike we're going to the concert i'll be in colorado because i'm speaking but like legit we kind of built this around going to that show because i was like um we booked that hike before we booked any dates in colorado so i called the colorado rei store so i was like what's up in april because like we're gonna be there for this show i might as well make like the whole month about this speaking tour and we kind of built it around that so it's just it's a way for us to connect with like the pepper ohana and like the stick figure Mm -hmm. family and all of our like reggae peeps so that one's not so much not that's not like hey come talk about your shit it's like hey let's get grounded and have a really awesome time around this venue before we go to the show tomorrow very cool and i see you're also going to be right before the cali roots festival on my birthday by the way oh hey may 23rd (laughs) nice very cool yeah and then okay so what's next well so immediately what's next is we have uh tustin this week Burbank next week and then we go to Colorado so we have stuff through August confirmed Um, we're ending August in Montana and then we'll start making our way across 
to the east coast barry my husband is from new hampshire and i still haven't seen the leaves change so we're gonna go (laughs) chase the sunshine down the east coast and then we'll scoot back over here around this time next year Wow. Okay. So this isn't even updated with all of that's your not. Yeah, then. it's a work in yeah. progress. That's what we have confirmed so far, and then we have so, more on the way. And listeners, for all those listening, we'll make sure that you're able to see this with all the show notes too. Yeah, and um, listeners out there, there's California, Colorado, Northern California, Nevada, Oregon, and then and we'll do Washington on. and Montana, and yeah, yeah. So if and anyone's then interested in, in going to one of these events, like me, yeah, I'm please. super interested on doing. I know. This. I'm looking at what dates are possible. Yeah. But we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> so um, I did want to mention, okay, so talking about how you guys both have a, a big tour coming up, how do you, can you each share a tip of how to stay healthy or keep your, um, let's see, keep yourself motivated and in the right body and mind frame when you're touring? Maybe, Clay, you've been touring for a long time. Maybe you can share a tip or maybe something that you, Sydney, have experienced. But for anybody who's going to be out there on the road for some reason what is something that they can take away from this okay you go first keep healthy uh, i mean like i built like when we got back off the trail and last year i was like i want to build a life around this i want to build a life so i can hike all the time and and then it turned into sharing stories too but for me like it's i just want to get out there and i want everybody just take five minutes if that's all you've got and take off your shoes and put your feet on the grass Mm. get grounded like asap and even better if you have time to go hike and explore because it's a really cool way to connect with the land that we live on and we recreate on and we play on um and just get in touch with like the local community too beautiful Gosh, it's making me want to hike for sure. Oh, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, I definitely see us doing this. Yeah. I definitely see us doing this with you guys. Um, and then, you know, taking it off off of a group thing, too. I would like to do this, like, personally, just alone. You know, oh, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, these are, these are cool. These are really, really cool experiences to allow you to bring up, like, you let bring up things that you had no idea that were buried into your cellular structure. And then they, when they do come up, you let go, you become lighter, things make a little more sense. And that is the expansion uh, of what we're doing here, mind, well, health, you, and body. I know when you are touring, Kaleo, you find your alone time. Like that's a ritual that you do. You wake up in the morning, you meditate, even if the bus is still going, you find your little spot, you meditate, you make some coffee, you journal, you do mm-hmm. your writing. And then when the bus stops... First thing you do, well, maybe you find a bathroom, but it's that's, like a thing that's you the do. first thing you do after the bus stops. Yeah, yes, everyone scrambles for the right. bathroom, and but super glamorous. But then you find some alone time. Whether that means you're going to walk around Buenos Aires for ten hours, right, or go find a place to do some move nat mm-hmm. or a little yoga practice somewhere and get out in nature, and that's what you do consistently on the road. And that's my to go to as far as movement. So I, I do, what does keep me focused and inspired is the meditation. And then after that, definitely moving natural. And if you don't know what moving at is, it's, it's just a style of moving your body, just ancient principles. So you definitely could look that up. I can put that in the show notes actually for people. It's, it's an incredible, um, it's just an incredible movement. And to remember, like, if you don't use it, you lose it. So make sure like, you know, you're, you're being active. I actually talked to my dad yesterday about that, you know, and you know, now he's doing his like own little triathlons because he hasn't been doing it for a long time. So now he like, he bikes to the gym, he works out at the gym. And then after the gym, which is strategically located at the ocean, he'll go for a swim. And just that 
just that protocol just makes him feel so much better. Mm-hmm. When I'm on the road too, there's there's some there's there's um an underline too, and that is our stage show. Our stage show is really important to the three of us, and it does take quite a lot of energy to use that stage with three people. It's a three piece, so we have a lot of of room to go around and 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 run and and bring excitement and bring joy and bring happiness. This is a huge motivator as far as me wanting to stay up physically on everything. And um, I told you actually that the greatest the greatest uh, equipment you could ever buy for for us for me is a jump rope because that that mimics a lot of the things that I do on stage, you know. And that's one thing that just keeps me going mm-hmm. as far as the the exercise protocol goes. But if we're not doing a good job on stage and we're wasting time, it's not going to feel good. And I really do want to feel as good as I can, as much as I can. Yeah, movement is very very important. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited that you're here mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to look up some of these REI dates and we're going to go, we're going to surprise you. We're going to show up somewhere <laughs> yes. and surprise you and sit Just in the back it. and go, hi. <laughs> yeah, this is a wonderful thing you're doing. I'm yeah. so glad that you have had this experience and that you're able to bring this to other people. It's so needed. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. needed for people to have that tactile in their body experience and be able to let let things go. So thank you for all the work that you do. It's amazing. Both of you are and I'm incredible. I'm so excited that you have a partner that is so supportive. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that, you know, is so, so important for healing. And it's a wonderful thing. You guys are adorable. Yeah, it, <laughs> this is this is a really big honor for us to, to talk about this. And thank you for sharing this for, you know, the people that are going to hear this and giving them courage. Uh, and and letting them know, like you know, they're they're no, you're not alone when you're you're holding on to traumas. We all do it, and when they come up, it's important to understand when they come up, so you can move on from them and unpack those things from your your unpack hike the bag. trauma pack. The trauma pack. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, again, <laughs> thank right. you guys thank so you much, so and uh, we'll uh, see you guys soon. All right. Thank you. Peace.